Here we go. In three, two, one. Welcome back to the Dig City Podcast. I'm Corey Palm. He's Dave Shondell, and we are uh, proud to bring this to you. Uh, thanks to the help of our friends at uh, Franciscan Health, the official medical provider for Purdue Athletics. Uh, uh, Dave, a great weekend for the Boilermakers. Uh, two really solid win. Well, really solid doesn't even say enough. Two fantastic mm-hmm. wins uh, uh, last weekend at Holloway Gymnasium. Just uh, overarching thoughts. Well, I just feel like any win with the schedule we're playing is a good win. And SMU's good team. They're going to win 24, 25 matches this season. Kentucky, although off to kind of a slow start by their standards, they're going to win 23, 24, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion. So RPI-wise, really good wins, good competition. And uh, the crowd was rocking in Holloway Gym. And that makes a big difference for us. Uh, enough to beat Kentucky, I'm sure. Uh, they helped us beat Kentucky. Uh, whenever you beat somebody 18, 16, the fifth, uh, you didn't do it by yourself necessarily. So uh, I love the crowd. Uh, I love our, our block party right now, the, the energy, the enthusiasm that comes out of them. And I like our team. Um, you know, we're not flawless, and we have a lot to learn. Uh, but to win three of our last four matches in five sets by two points, uh, feels a lot better than losing those matches. Um, so I, I'm excited and got two more great matches coming up. I know we'll talk about those, but um, good performances by a lot of people. Uh, Taylor Anderson, I think, had a really good weekend um, getting her first two starts of her career. And, you know, people ask, well, okay, so now what's the setting situation? Well, it's the same as it was. We've got a lot of good setters, and we're going to play whoever I think is going to help us win, mm-hmm. has the best chance to make us win. Uh, Lourdes Myers had the week that uh, we've been expecting. You know, we knew it was going to happen sooner or later. And then all of a sudden, confidence breeds confidence. And now you watch her this week in practice, and and she's just a a totally different person, in my opinion. But that's just how it is. You know, you you fight and fight and fight for opportunities to play, and sometimes it's frustrating, sometimes it's nearly depressing. And then it comes your time, and things go the way that you want them to, and it just puts a new light on you. Mm -hmm. And so she's been really, really good in the couple of days that we've had in the gym and uh, Grace Heaney, who's kind of in a, in a battle. We could pl- play a lot of people in that right side position, but she's got, got it cornered as of right now. Although I, I want to get Kenna Woolard some, some time in there because I think you know she started the first match of the year and we really haven't given her many opportunities since then, quite frankly, because Heaney has been good. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's just the way it works. That's, that's athletics, college athletics. But Kenna Woolard, I think, is as good of a person as we have in our program and a really good player. And uh, I want to give her some more opportunities, and I hope I can do that this weekend. It's uh, that's we've talked about that problem. It's a good problem, but good problems are still problems when you've got great depth of uh, players that can perform. As a coach, the most you can hope for is a performance like Lourdes. Like you said, she yeah. waits and waits and waits, and maybe maybe there's some frustration there at some point. But when the when the light came on and it was her turn to shine, she absolutely did. There's that's. A best-case scenario, right, from a coaching standpoint. Well, keep in mind, Lourdes was one of those players, when she committed to us, I celebrated. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought, we've got a, a great volleyball athlete, long. Um, her arm swing and the way the ball comes off her hand is unique. I remember when, you know, she was hurt her first year, had a medical red shirt because she had some uh, issue with her leg. And all she did for about six months was stand on a box and hit balls. <laughs> 
but you could hear the ball every time she hit it. We'd be in drills over here while a manager or assistant coach was tossing her balls, and bam, bam, bam. And now, you know, she started to put that all together um, with the rhythm and the confidence. So, yeah, really, really good thing for us. Let's. Uh, you mentioned Taylor Anderson. Uh, worth mentioning. Some some Big Ten accolades came uh, your way this yeah. week. Taylor Anderson, setter of the week, and and I mean she had a great weekend setting the ball, but but also very effective on the block. Very very much a presence at the net defensively. Well, she's she's long. She's athletic. You know, she's what you you hope to recruit that type of a profile as a setter, and then develop them into a great setter. Mm-hmm. And you know her setting skills are good. Um, they will will continue to get better as she continues to, to train and set more balls and get this kind of experience. But it was a good weekend for her, and and she does give us the presence at the net that can block balls. Uh, she's also a pretty good defender, and she's a strong server. So, you know, when we when we made the move, um, you know, early last week to to give her the nod for the starting position, it wasn't necessarily that she was out setting anybody else. The setting we felt like was was pretty close, but serving and defense, both in the front row and the back row, kind of um, gave her a little bit of an edge, and she has to continue to build on that. But because I, I know there's going to be competition for yeah. that spot throughout the season, I, Lauren Poulter's not going away. Uh, she's been had a different look on her face the last two days of practice, okay. and so I, I you know, I, I think you're going to see plenty of her as we move forward and and Cindy M is just handling her situation you know really really well right now she's kind of running the second unit but uh, Cindy M can play at at two-thirds of the division one programs in the country that's how I feel about it right now so but but it's you know it's a problem it can be a good problem it can be a bad problem it just depends on how well each athlete handles that their respective situation mentioned uh, player uh, Big Ten honors uh, Taylor's classmate Chloe Chicoin with Big Ten Player of the Week, her first of that, and her second Freshman of the Week uh, honor in, in, in her three-week career so far. Um, she was, especially against Kentucky, she was uh, a special player out there. Uh, sort of, sort of saw a lot of uh, a lot of that promise come together. Well, she certainly balanced out our attack a little bit. You know, she's making, I think, life better for Eva Hudson. Yes, because. Um, you know, we leaned heavily on, on Eva last year, and we'll le- lean heavily on her this year. I just don't think as much, and I think that should allow Eva to you know, focus on some other things, which she has. She's a better mm-hmm. defender, and she's a better blocker. She's a better server. She's doing all those things, better passer, and she needs to continue to, to develop that without feeling like the way of the world's on her. Um, but back to Chloe, you know, it, it didn't take us long last spring to know what we had. Uh, just a, a really unique character that wants to be in the gym 24 hours a day, uh, has the energy to do it and the stamina, the physical strength to do it, um, undersized a little bit, but um, you know, she makes, she's a, just a small liability as a blocker, mm-hmm. but she makes up for it in every other conceivable way. And um, you know, you, you wonder, you know, man, you won three straight matches or three out of the last four by two points in the fifth set and, and went extra volleyball. and. Well, Hudson, Colvin, um, Horning, Chloe, uh, Skimmerhorn, toughness. Yep. Toughness wins. Absolutely. You mentioned Eva. We talked after the SMU match that uh, you felt like for the first time since last season Eva was back and, and, and really 
as close to 100% as you've seen her. Mm-hmm. Uh, 21 kills that night. Very effective. Great on you know on the back line defense as yeah. well. I, I noticed her passing was to me as impressive as yeah. as her attacks. Yeah. And she's had a good good week. We we actually gave her pretty much Monday off, but okay. yesterday she was was really good. And keep in mind the very final point of the match against Kentucky. You know she jumped on an overpass and about knocked somebody out with it. You know, she but did. <laughs> she, she um, she's just always in the right spot at the right time. And when the game's on the line, you like to have her in a position where she can win the win the match for you or win the game. Um, but not, we'll, we'll continue though to monitor all the players that are working really hard, um, are playing a lot of volleyball, jumping a lot, and that would be Chloe and Eva primarily. They just that's a lot of jumping. And uh, you, you just can't go through an entire 14 to 18 week season and not um, take care of those players. And again, at first they resisted that. Yeah. You know, they they don't want to be off out of a drill. They want to be on the floor 100 percent of the time. And I love that. But they also recognize that we're trying to make sure that we're going to be healthy all season long and that their bodies are going to hold up for a long time. And you don't want to peak in September. That's for sure. Um, before we get away from last weekend, I don't want to belabor the point because. The past is the past. You five and two. You pointed out at your press conference a couple of days ago that you know you're six points away from being two and five. Mm-hmm. It, it is a toughness with this team, and, and to win those five setters is certainly uh, much better than losing them. Uh, but but looking at the Kentucky win specifically, uh, when we were talking with their staff members before the match, they pointed to this Purdue matchup. Kentucky Purdue is being, you know, a very big deal in in the way of when you're looking ahead to postseason. Maybe you're a couple teams who are fighting for uh, first weekend hosting right. responsibilities right. and and that that sort of carrot at the end of the season. Uh, it, only 16 teams get to host, and if you've got a good win over a regional rival, it, it can really matter at the end. Well, you know, you hope so. Yeah. Um, all we we're trying to do right now, Chloe, to put it in per- or Chloe, I, Corey. Uh, put it in perspective. <laughs> I uh, wish I was as good as Chloe at yeah. anything. Um, but um, is we we're just focusing on the next match. Yeah. And I'm not. We're not trying to put any more on it except we want to win. And we know at the end of the day, every every win and every loss is going to have a factor in where you end up making the tournament and being seated in the tournament and do you host and all those kinds of things. But all we can do is our next match is with University of Central Florida. We've got a good crew of people here that are preparing us for that match. At the end of the day, preparation is important, but it's it's minimal compared to how mentally engaged are you when the match starts and how are you going to play and, and play as a team and, and perform your role. So um, it, it really simplifies your, your 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 mentality if you're not thinking about, okay, we've got Central Florida and USC back-to-back. No, you just got Central Florida right mm-hmm. now. Okay, we'll have plenty of time to get ready for um, USC, and then we're not going to be thinking about Maryland, we're not thinking about Northwestern, we're not thinking about anybody else down the road, or, or Nebraska, who's like our third match in Big Ten season, whatever it is. Um, I couldn't even tell you what our schedule is down the road. I mean, I got a little bit of idea, maybe what's around the corner, but to me, it's University of Central Florida, who's 8-1, and one, mm-hmm. and just beat Florida State 3-0. Florida State, by the way, almost beat Florida last night. Uh, went five, and they got beat 15-13. So Central Florida is legitimate. They've got good athletes in every particular position. They get after it, uh, well coached. There's a lot of enthusiasm in that group with this new new head coach. So um, that's that's our focus, Central Florida. We will, uh, we're going to step aside real quick, hear from our sponsor, and 
also uh, when we get back, talk a little bit more about Central Florida USC, this this really interesting event, and, and sort of what college volleyball looks like uh, here uh, almost a month in. So uh, stick with us. All right. Welcome back to the Dig City Podcast. Coach, uh, two matches this week on the home boards again, wrapping up the non-conference season, Central Florida, as you said, uh, followed by uh, about 24 hours later, USC. Um, an interesting event. Illinois is coming over to to play the opposite. They'll play USC on Thursday and Central right. Florida on Friday. Um, I, I love that. That event is this a multi-year deal with these four teams, or is it no, just a one-off? No, nope, just a, just a one-off. And um, USC, Brad Keller, head coach of the Trojans, wanted to come in and kind of make a dry run. I think you know, sure, at, at yeah. playing a Big Ten team during the uh, non-conference, so they kind of get prepared for what it would be like with his outfit. He has a young, fairly young team, and they'll be doing this regularly uh, in another year. Yeah, and uh, you know. We found Central Florida that was willing to come in and play us as well. Then the idea was, okay, let's find somebody local who might play those two teams and we can have a two-day deal and you know who you're going to play and not make it a tournament format. Mm -hmm. And so when another Big Ten team stepped up like Illinois, we're really thankful that they did. Um, it, it makes a nice little format for us. But, no, it's not a, a multi-year okay. deal. It's just um, we're going to play these guys and we'll – Pay them to come in and you know hotels and whatever else that the, that we pay, and then we'll we'll pl play them and go into the Big Ten season after that. I know, like you said, Central Florida eight and one. Their only loss a five setter to Wake Forest a few weeks ago. Uh, that big win over Florida State. Uh, what what do the Golden Knights sort of do well? What's, uh, what's their strength? They got some big arms. Okay. They've got some really big arms. Um, they've got three or four transfers from significant programs like Penn State, Oregon, um, San Diego, who was a really good program last several years, um, that are giving that, that team, I think, a boost of confidence and assurance that they can play with anybody, and, and they've done that. Uh, I'm impressed with them from, from what I've seen. Um, they're every bit as good as you know, most of the teams that we have played so far this season, and our schedule has been murderer's row. And so there'll be another one that will step right in there, and don't be surprised if it's not another another five setter because okay. I, I think that they're that good. And USC I haven't seen as much, but they've got all these high-profile players. I mean USC, this goes cross country and kind of handpicks people, and they come play for them. And um, they've got Skylar Fields, who is one of the top five athletes playing college volleyball, and uh, you know a host of other really good players. And you know both these coaches of these two teams are really really good and they'll be ready, and they're coming here for a reason. They're not coming here just for the, the sunshine and take a trip over Lake Freeman and get on and ride to Madam Carroll. Right. I mean, they're, they're coming here to play volleyball, and their number one goal is to beat Purdue. USC comes in 4-4 four and four on the year. They had a rough start. Uh, actually losses to Houston, who, who you right. we just saw here in town last weekend, and Rice uh, opening weekend. Then they dropped a couple at Hawaii as well, but... They've won their last three matches, and like you said, uh, they've really they dropped one set in their last three matches. On the road mm -hmm. to Texas. They went back there. Skylar Fields is from the Houston area, so they go back and they play both Houston and Rice yep. so she can be uh, in her home city. And they lost close matches to them. Um, and then they went to Hawaii, which is another – I mean, those are all teams that have been top 25 yeah, this year. Yeah, those are – And uh, they drop a four-setter and a five-setter 
uh, to Hawaii, which is a, a really difficult place to, to go play. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been watching a lot of Hawaii on volleyball because they play. When I'm about ready to go to bed, I hang on to watch a little bit more because Hawaii's on the, the streaming late night. Yep. And I've seen them play, and they're really good. I'm impressed with, with Hawaii uh, right now. And then, then they've gotten a little bit better, USC has, and they're starting to beat people and, and compete. But uh, I, I don't know enough, enough about them yet because I haven't seen them mm-hmm. as much on tape uh, as I will here in the next couple of days. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the state of college volleyball. Uh, Wisconsin continues to, you know, sit atop the poles, but Louisville's nipping at their heels. Florida looks really good uh, in general. Nebraska, Stanford. Nebraska's okay. Yeah, Texas. Stanford. The, Texas. And, and it's maybe a long another, list. Maybe another one there. But I, I, at the beginning of the season, it looked like it might be a, like a three-headed Hydra or at least a two-headed uh, monster, and that was going to be Wisconsin and Stanford. But I think as you watch these teams play, I guess the point I want to make is that there are a lot more good players and a lot more good teams than there ever have been in this sport, okay. which is all about the evolution and the growth of the game of volleyball. And that's why all of a sudden now, you know, fans are, are, are figuring out that, that they want to go watch this game. TV networks are figuring out that people want to watch it, and it's now it's all over the place on TV. And, and the players are, are, are just, you know, being attracted to this this game there's so many great athletes playing and you know it's not hard to find teams in non-conference that are going to give you a whale of a match as we've learned this season but I I do think that you've got this group of about six or seven uh, and really maybe three or four that are at the very top I think Texas is knocking on that door you got Wisconsin Louisville um, Stanford I'm forgetting somebody I just had in my mind. But, uh, Oregon seven and one. Uh, yeah, or, I mean Oregon's really good, but I wouldn't quite put them in that top okay. top grouping yet. They're 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 still figuring out as is Minnesota, BYU, Pittsburgh. I think is the team that has really opened some eyes up this year. They they they're they're kind of like we are. They're young. Yeah. Uh, but man, they punched some people in the mouth early on. They lost one to BYU, who's a good mm-hmm. team, and then they've just been hammering people right and left. Marquette, Kentucky twice. Uh, I don't know if they beat Tennessee or not. I can't remember if that was on their docket. Uh, but anyway, they're, they're really good. So, you know, I, I don't think we're in that grouping yet. I think that we can be um, with, with some success and, and tremendous cohesion and hard work and preparation that, that we, can, we can rise to, to be a team that I think could be in the top eight at the end of the season. But we could also be a team that fades away yeah. if, if, you know, if we don't do the right things as a staff and as a program and as a team. But it, it'll be fun. I think it's going to be fun. I think our kids will compete. That's the one thing that we have for them. But it's, it's a lot of great teams. When you look at the Big Ten Conference, um, you know, I, I think you have you know, Nebraska. I mean, Nebraska is really good. They're a great defensive team. They beat Stanford last night at Stanford three games to one, which I think surprised a lot of people yep. in the country. That was, I think, an ESPN broadcast last night, and it was a really good match. Two really, really talented teams. Nebraska young like we are, Stanford veteran grad student led type program and Nebraska goes in and beats them. Yep. Okay, so that says something about what kind of a team John Cook has this year. And then Wisconsin is just big and old. They're veterans as well, uh, but they are the biggest team in the country and a lot of hitters. Then I think Minnesota is, is the next team that you look at uh, in that group. Again, they, they are new coach, um, some new players, some young players, but some great players, great athletes. Uh, and then I think you look at us, Penn State and Ohio State, in that next group. I think um, all are, are have some new players and are trying to figure quite a few things out. 
Uh, Penn State, I thought, was going to be awfully good with the addition of uh, Merzek from Michigan and Pedraza from Ohio State, uh, but they've lost a few more than many people thought, and so it may just be a time before they, they really put it all together. Mm -hmm. Then I think at, after the first, and, I, and I'm not saying we're the first six necessarily get anybody motivated to come in and beat us, but um, Indiana is a team that has a lot of experience back, and, and they played pretty well against some good teams on the West Coast earlier. I like their team. Okay. I, I think that they're going to be uh, really, really good. Um, Illinois has always been in that top half. Um, they're they're struggling a little bit. They've had some injuries and some some things going on over there that have kind of slowed their their process a little bit. But they do have one of the best individual players in the league that hammers the ball like nobody's business. So um, you have to watch out for them. Um, I think Maryland and Northwestern are, are sleepers, and, and I'm not sure why I'm calling them sleepers. Just that they're not getting a lot of mention right now. Right. But I think they've got a good nucleus of players. Maryland has about the same team, minus one middle blocker from last year that came in and beat us at our place. They swept us, if you remember that, I right? Do, and I'm sure yeah. you do. Um, and then Northwestern's got a lot of transfers, including Matty Chin, who came here from Purdue. But I think that they're going to be be awfully good. And then you know, then you've got some some programs that are just putting new staffs together either the last year or two, and it's just taking them time. But I, I expect them to be organized by the time the Big Ten season gets here. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun starting next week. You guys start uh, Big Ten season on the road, which really just means that we get more home matches later in the season, hopefully. To, uh, well, you're going to play 10 at home and 10 on the road. Yep. That's one thing that they'll always do in the Big Ten. One last thing uh, before we let you go. I know you got other things to get to. Uh, it was alumni night uh, oh, yeah. last weekend. You had a real nice turnout. We did. Had about 30 alumni come back, and they brought their families. We had over 100 people over there in, um, in Mackey's uh, conference room over there, and, and uh, it was a lot of fun to see those people. I don't get a chance to spend as much time as I would like because you've you got two games back-to-back, -back and you're trying to prepare and get ready and do all the things that you need to do. But it means so much to our staff uh, for those players that played for us and those that played before we got here. Uh, to continue to care about this program and come back. And then, of course, you know, the Stacy Clark Classic. For us to win, we've won the Stacy Clark Classic every year. I think it's gone on for six years now. Yeah. And, and those that know Stacy Clark realize how much she meant to the players and the coaches in this program before she passed with pancreatic cancer. Uh, but to, to know that our players rise to the occasion for her, some that never even met her now, uh -huh. <clears throat> but they know what, what she meant to this program. So it was, it was a great weekend because of those two things, for sure. I love that uh, we still, <clears throat> the, part of the, the game night production is still a video uh, a tribute to her from former players and current staff. Very well deserved, by the way. I mean, she was everything to this program. And again, sometimes you name things after people because they give you a lot of money, which sure. is important. Don't get me wrong, it is very important. Rarely does a player who gave her heart and soul and time to uh, a college program ever have that kind of recognition, but I'm sure glad she does. Me too, me too. Dave, uh, one one more push for this week. You've got uh, matches Thursday and Friday Yeah, night. it's a unique unique concept, not going Friday to Saturday, but got a big football game here on Saturday, which is great. So we play Thursday, Central Florida at 7, Friday, USC at 7. Great matches, and mm -hmm. I expect to see the place you know, packed to the rafters once again. So do I. Another thing that I love mm -hmm. is the Big Ten Network committed to the whole weekend. They're going to come in and show both yeah. Illinois matches and both Purdue matches. Well, that's awesome. Uh, all yeah. four will be on uh, on network television. So, so uh, if our you fans can, will be able to, to to watch us play no matter where they are. Yep, absolutely. It's great to know. Get get uh, get. Get your uh, tickets ready or uh, get your popcorn ready either way. Absolutely. Thanks, right. Corey. Good luck. Good deal.
Bueno, 